It's time for Shattered Soulstone. Featuring the latest news from Sanctuary and beyond. Each episode, a heroic party of Nephilim band together to help keep you informed on everything in the Diablo universe. And now, your Diablo Community Podcast. Coming to you from somewhere in Sanctuary, this is episode 406 of Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo Community Podcast. This episode is called This Pet is the Goat. It is April 14, 2023, and this is Jen. I'm going to start us off with some stuff about Microsoft. Both of these articles are from The Verge, and everything I talk about, well, almost everything I talk about in this show will be in the show notes at ShatteredSoulstone.com. You can check those out later if you uh, are playing any of the Diablo games that are available and kind of miss something. So you can you can check it out on the website, ShatteredSoulZone.com. So The Verge wrote this article on, let's see, April 11. It says, Microsoft's PC Game Pass launches in 40 new countries. This is written by Tom Warren on April 11th. Game Pass is now available in 86 countries as Microsoft expands its PC offering across Europe. So here's a little bit about that. Microsoft is launching its PC Game Pass service in 40 new countries today. Today was the 11th. It's when this article is posted, including many European markets. After previewing the service in these countries over the past two months, PC Game Pass is officially available in countries across Europe, North Africa, and the Middle East, including Croatia, Iceland, Libya, Qatar, and Ukraine. The expansion means that 86 countries will now have access to Game Pass as Microsoft seeks to grow its subscription service beyond console. Microsoft Gaming CEO Phil Spencer warned of growth slowing down on the console side of Xbox Game Pass last year, but noted that the company was, quote, seeing incredible growth on PC, end quote. Microsoft said in October that PC Game Pass subscriptions had increased by 159% year over year. PC Game Pass includes access to Microsoft's Xbox PC games, hundreds of PC games, Bethesda titles, and even an EA Play membership where you get to try out new releases for up to 10 hours. Anyone who helped Microsoft test PC Game Pass in these new markets will get two free months of membership as a thank you for participating in the preview program. Quote, this will be available directly in members' accounts in the coming days, end quote, said Jarrett West, CVP of Xbox Gaming Marketing. Microsoft also has a special welcome offer for the first three months of PC Game Pass in these new markets, and pricing will vary per country. And so there's more to this than that, but I thought that was kind of interesting that Microsoft is expanding again. And also on the 11th, uh, Tom Warren wrote this article for The Verge, is Microsoft getting ready to add PC games to Xbox Cloud Gaming, which is slightly different from the other one. This is what he wrote. Microsoft and British mobile network EE, two capital E's together, announced an expanded partnership today that will see the software giant commit to a 10-year deal to bring Xbox PC games to EE customers. It's part of Microsoft's series of cloud gaming deals, but this one is different and could hint at PC games coming to Xbox cloud gaming. And then we have a quote here. 
Quote, Microsoft and EE are expanding our partnership with a 10-year commitment in cloud gaming to bring PC games built by Activision Blizzard following the acquisition and Xbox to EE customers, says Microsoft Gaming CEO Phil Spencer in a tweet this morning. Again, that was on the 11th. While Microsoft's cloud gaming deals with NVIDIA, Ubitus, if I said that right, and Boosteroid have all involved putting Xbox PC games on a rival cloud gaming service, EE doesn't offer its own service. EE is a mobile network operator in the UK that offers access to an Xbox Game Pass Ultimate subscription through an add-on that customers can choose to add to their monthly mobile contract. It doesn't operate its own cloud gaming service, nor has it announced any plans to do so. I guess if you're using EE in the UK, is it? Was it UK? Yeah, in the UK. You can access some of this stuff, but beyond that, I'm not really sure. I don't live there, but it's, you know, again, Microsoft is expanding. Wowhead has an article about a pet. It's a Warcraft pet, but it's also kind of a Diablo pet, and you'll see what I mean in a minute. So the Winds of Sanctuary event reward discovered, and it's... The, this goat uh, pet is called Meet, you know, Meet Belial, B-A-A-L, apostrophe I-A-L. So it's in World of Warcraft, but it's based on a Diablo character. And it's, it's a little red goat. It's got four horns sticking out of his head and some little black crystals on its hips and its forehead. It's got yellow eyes that seem to be leering at you and a little... Uh, well, I guess it's a goatee, right? Little beard thing. And a, an earring in one ear. It's been noticed by someone at, at Wowhead, possibly the person that wrote this article, and um, it's definitely a Diablo-esque looking type of pet. The article continues with the upcoming Diablo 4 launch in June has Blizzard fans buzzing, so of course World of Warcraft has to celebrate as well. Uh, we've previously written about the Winds of Sanctuary event on the 10.1 PTR, including an intriguing battle pet, Balisle Soulstone. That's the name, apparently. Was discovered along with its corresponding feat of strength achievement, and the feat of strength achievement is called Little Lord of Lies, owner of the Bal Lyle pet, also known as the Lord of Lies. Bal Lyle is a master of deceit. Now, our curiosity has been satisfied. Here's the pictures of them in this little goat being, you know, front, side, back, you know, that kind of thing. So you can see all the all the parts of this goat. There's a little more for this. Now, of course, you have to be playing World of Warcraft in order to get this pet. Some of you might be playing World of Warcraft still. I haven't in a while. Um, I'll get there eventually, maybe. I'm not sure. But the rest of this article says, The Lord of Lies himself couldn't force us to say we don't think this little pet is adorable, and he's a perfect companion to Bale's Dark Sign, a similarly named demonic goat from a battle for Azeroth's secret. With battle pets ab pet abilities like Murder the Innocent and Hatred Manifest, Bal Lyle is shaping up to be a goated, greatest of them all, goated, hence the title of this show, a uh, member of any team lineup. We can't wait to see him in action. Uh, Belial Soulstone isn't the only reward from the Winds of Sanctuary event. Be sure to snag fun cosmetics like Treasure Nab and Bag and Ensemble Enmity Hood and Cloak, as well as enjoying a hefty experience and reputation bonus from Winds of Sanctuary during the event before it returns to the Burning Hells. And I'm not sure exactly when that started or if it, if it started. There's a thing here from 10 days ago. 
Uh, Winds of Sanctuary Diablo-themed event in WoW and rewards that battle pet. It was not testable on the PTR, um, so this is kind of like just, you know, things that people dig up because they can, but I just thought it was interesting. It's an interesting-looking pet, and um, if you, you know, if you are the type of person that must collect all of the Diablo things, then you might want to start playing World of Warcraft again, or maybe you're still playing it. I don't know, but it's a, it's a really neat-looking pet, and I kind of like when they do the crossover-type stuff with pets. It's kind of neat. Game Informer has a cover reveal of Diablo 4. This is written by Marcus Stewart on April 11th. And uh, I'll just read you some of this. Diablo 4 arrives this summer and it's making one last stop on the cover of Game Informer. We spoke with several of the game's principal designers at Blizzard to learn more about the game's end game content, such as Helltides and Nightmare Dungeons, and provide a final overview of everything the game has to offer before it launches on June 6. Setting the table for Diablo 4's Dark Tone are two haunting pieces of cover art designed by the famed artist Brahm. If you don't know who Brahm is, he makes. He and actually one of his sons now is also doing art for. Uh, Diablo stuff and other things like that and it's always creepy and amazing and detailed so that's who they're talking about but I don't know if, if they're referring specifically to the father or to the son that does these it could be both of them so to move on with this our standard cover showcases the heavenly might of the rogue angel Inarius while the game informer gold cover features Lilith Diablo 4's main antagonist in all her demonic glory and there's a picture here of it looks like the Inarius statue where he's like chained up and his wings are all forms of light and he's kind of stuck in hell and off to the side is a similar design just like like someone just etched it somewhere into into something and um it's very similar to most of the statue which is kind of neat it's got a circle around him and some runes and things like that so game informer continues with issue 355 also includes a conversation about life and death with former tango gameworks artist and director ikumi nakamura in the abandoned streets of late-night Tokyo, which you can read online, you'll also find an entertaining personal story about using VR as a carnival scam, a feature detailing Devil May Cry's 5's influence on Final Fantasies. I can't even read that number. Do, 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 do. A bunch of other games they're talking about. And then there's the Game Informer cover with Lilith. You can also try to nab a Game Informer gold version of the issue. Limited to a numbered print run per issue, this premium version of Game Informer isn't available for sale. To learn about places where you might be able to get a copy, check out our official Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and stay tuned for more details in the coming weeks. And you can click in this article to read more about Game Informer Gold, which I'm guessing is a subscription model, but I'm not entirely sure. Print subscribers can expect their issues to arrive in the coming weeks. The digital edition of this issue launches later today for PC slash Mac, iOS, and Google Play. To subscribe to either the digital print, uh, the digital or print version, there's a thing you can click. So if you want to gather both of those or one of those, that's how you do it. Uh, Silicone Era, a blog I am not familiar with, but they had something good to say about uh, Diablo 4. This was written by Kazuma Hashimoto on April 13, and the title of this is Diablo 4 Altars of Lilith Will Not Reset Every Season. Now, if you didn't get into either of the betas, like the, the beta that was for people that had pre-purchased and then the open beta, you might not know what those are, but there's different 
areas in the game, at least from what I saw when I was in both of those um, betas, basically. And every so often you come across a statue that looks a lot like the statue of Lilith, but it's, it's not huge. It's like smaller. And you click on it, and when you do, it grants everybody on that server some kind of special power, like you have like stronger strength, or you have you know some other thing to everyone, everyone around for a certain amount of time. Those are what they are. Now you can click on them, at least in the betas. You could click on them, and if you've already clicked it, that's it. You can't click on that one anymore, but you can keep looking for more of them. And I'm not really sure if there's like achievements for that or what, because again, it was just a beta that lasted a short span of time. So here is the article from Silicon Era, uh, written by Kazuma Hashimoto. In an interview, Diablo 4 game director Joseph Preporia revealed that progress for players' Altars of Lilith will not reset every season. This was revealed in response to a question asking if progress for players would be a hard reset per season, and while players will need to obtain skill points and upgrade potions every time a new season rolls around, they won't need to trudge through the world of Diablo 4 to reclaim the Altars of Lilith. Seasons are a unique game mode of sorts players can engage in during each, quote, season, end quote. Players can obtain unique rewards for participation. In Diablo 3, for example, fulfilling specific seasonal objectives would grant players unique armor sets or cosmetic rewards. Once a season has completed, a new season will roll around, featuring entirely new rewards and challenges. However, seasons do not outright change the game or include major updates, such as new classes or dungeons. For Diablo 4, a new season will start every three three months. The latest entry in the series, Diablo 4, will see the return of the rogue, necromancer, sorcerer, barbarian, and druid, and it goes on from there, and when it's going to release. And uh, there's, of course, the uh, image of Lilith at the top of this one, which a lot of people are going to be using, in, at least until the game comes out. Blizzard posted, Diablo 4 open beta retrospective transforming feedback into change, written by Blizzard Entertainment. This was posted today on April 14. And there's a lovely picture here of some like ruins and a castle and mountains and fog in the background. I don't know exactly where that's at in the game, but it looks pretty cool. So here we go. On the weekends of March 17 and 24, Sanctuary let out a cry for help a cry that would be answered by hordes of wanderers who rode in on a nameless horse and loosened Lilith's grasp on Sanctuary. During the early access and open beta weekends, these players sent countless demons back to the burning hells, obtained powerful gear, and saw Lilith's grand plot begin to unfold before them. Many of these players also took the time to leave valuable feedback on our official Diablo 4 forums, which they have now, <laughs> I guess, it's linked to something, and on platforms such as Reddit and Discord. After the early access and open beta weekends concluded, the development team read through all your feedback and reviewed gameplay data. Dur using this information, we have made a variety of fixes and updates to various systems in Diablo 4, all of which will be present in the version of the game that launches on June 6. None of this would be possible without the community's dedication and love for the Diablo universe to which we say thank you. The first thing they talk about is dungeons, dungeon layouts, one of the most common pieces of feedback we received is that players felt they were doing a lot of backtracking within certain dungeons. We have optimized multiple dungeons across all zones.
zones to minimize the need for backtracking. Here's a list of dungeons specifically in the Fractured Peaks zone, which received a layout update. So here's the ones. If you were in this, maybe you've gone into one or more of these. If you haven't, here's the names of some of the dungeons you're going to run into when the game launches. So it's Caldera Gate, Defiled Catacombs, Derelict Lodge, Forbidden City, Hoarfrost Demise, Immortal em Emanation, Core Dragon Barracks, Mallwood, and Rhymescar Caverns. And there's a note here from the developers. Our primary goal with the layout changes was to reduce certain kinds of backtracking which detract from a player's experience. An example of this change is that players previously needed to enter side rooms to interact with structure objectives, causing them to retread the same path. Now, many of our structure objectives have been repositioned along main dungeon pathways, making them easier for players to reach and allowing them to readily explore the dungeon after defeating the structure. Uh, dungeon events, the chance for an event to spawn inside of a dungeon has increased from 10% to 60%. Dungeon gameplay, to reduce the need to backtrack, a small number of straggling monsters will seek out the player to help complete the kill all monsters objective. When Animus is gathered, the player and nearby allies will gain 10 resource and reduce all active cooldowns by one second. Depositing Animus channel time was reduced from three to zero seconds. The time to rescue was reduced from three to 1.5 seconds. All rescue objectives now drop a health potion upon completion. While car carrying the ancient st ancient's statue, bloodstone, mechanical box, or stone carving, you will receive a momentum bonus granting a 25% move speed increase to you and nearby allies. Pedestals have had their channel time reduced from 2 to 0 seconds. Returning a portable object to its pedestal now fully restores health, resource, potions, and resets cooldowns for all nearby players. All doors will now generate a mini-map ping when they are opened. All structure objectives in dungeons now have additional combat mechanics players must overcome. Here's what the developers were thinking. While our dungeons offer a variety of objectives to complete, player feedback stated that the action of completing each objective felt tedious. We hope that providing bonuses, such as the increase to mobility while carrying certain objective items, will streamline and vary the experience of completing objectives. This adjustment is merely a starting point, and we intend to extend this philosophy to keys in a future update. And then there's classes, and I'm not going to read through all of these, but I'll read you the in general part. Effects like stun and freeze can be applied to elite monsters twice as long before they become unstoppable. Revi reviewed class skills to confirm that all classes have access to sufficient skills that remove control impairing effects. Many legendary powers have had updates to their effectiveness. And then it's talking about each individual class, so whichever one or ones you want to play, you can take a look at those and see what you think of that. There's a developer's note with this. Whenever we introduce changes to our classes, it is with the goal of making both of them and their skills feel impactful and powerful. Your feedback has helped us uphold this ideal. Some players have adeptly noticed that certain skills were too powerful. One of our goals for skills is to have them be interesting to wield and interactive in terms of itemization and combat feel. We've made some changes to help this regard, with one example being the Necromancer's minions. We have made a change that makes them more vulnerable in combat, which will make raising the dead a more active component of the Necromancer's gameplay. Launch is just the first step of our class 
Chaos Balance journey, and you can expect further updates that iterate on this pillar of Diablo 4. Now, for most of the, the first beta, I played a Barbarian just straight through. Too many hours. I had a hell of a good time. And then the second one, I wasn't feeling very well that day because of allergies and whatnot, and I did play a Barbarian for a little while, and then I started playing a Necromancer, and yeah, those, felt, those skellies felt really overpowered. And it was super fun. I know they need to fix that, and it looks like they, they probably did, but I you know, if the little bit of experience I had on the Necromancer in the open beta, if that's anything like, you know, sort of kind of like how many skellies you can have if you're playing a Necromancer in Diablo three and how easy it is to like pull the dead and get another one and that kind of thing, you know. Um I'm not explaining that very well, but I think you get the idea. If they Make it not quite Diablo 3, but not what it was in the open beta. Somewhere in the middle there, I think that would be a really good thing. There are some UI changes, which I'll let people read for themselves. Um, things about sellers, encounters. Um, one of the things under the encounters section says, The Butcher has been reevaluated for difficulty and will present a greater challenge in World Tiers 3 and 4. There's some other bosses, too. General quality of life fixed an issue where players could increase attack speed by move-canceling attacks early. It's like move-canceling attacks early. Fixed an issue where characters weren't immune and untargetable after loading into an area. The reset dungeon button has been disabled. Here's why. While Diablo 4's sanctuary is home to over 100 dungeons, the open beta only had the subset offered in Class 1's Fractured Peaks for players to explore, and a level cap that isn't a full representation of the experience at launch. There are many reasons to complete a variety of dungeons, including collecting powerful affixes in the Codex of Power, and players will still be able to repeat dungeons by partying up with others and having them start the dungeon. We also wanted to make sure that resetting the dungeon wasn't a way for hardcore players to avoid death when experiencing a challenge in a dungeon. Still, we know it can be fun to repeat a specific dungeon, and the team is looking at more per a more permanent solution to this, like having some reasonable cap on how many times the same dungeon can be completed in a row to better support that style of play. In fact, in the full game, players will acquire sigils that will unlock nightmare dungeons, which are specifically designed to be completed repeatedly and are optimized to be highly rewarding and replayable. We'll have more to share on this in the future. Then there's some other stuff in here as well. There's going to be a live stream on April 20. And it's going to be, uh, it's a Diablo 4 developer update live stream, April 20, and it's featuring Riker. I think a lot of you know who Riker is. He's a pretty well-known Diablo guy. He does videos pretty much every week, I would think. Uh, sometimes I catch those, sometimes I don't. Um, depends on what I'm doing and how much workload I have for, like, you know, work stuff. So that's going to be happening, and it, I'm guessing that's got to be on Twitch. And it says, on April 20, 11 a.m. PDT, Game Director Joe Shelley, Associate Game Director Joseph Priaporia, and Associate Director of Community Adam Fletcher, that's Pez Radar, accompanied by special guest host Riker, will return for the next Diablo 4 developer update live stream. This time, our group of Diablo 4 experts will uncover details about Diablo 4's endgame offerings and elaborate on the post-open beta changes made to class and dungeons and you can watch they have a twitch channel for diablo and a youtube channel for diablo so you can check those out if you want to and before we get too far into this um some of you including myself got email or got information through battle.net depending on what 
thing you played the Diablo 4 betas on. And uh, a lot of people have posted, you know, their stats. I had no idea that I was going to get this, like, Anarius picture with, you know, stats of how I did in, in the open beta. I didn't get one for the, uh, the beta before that, but this one I did. And so here's how mine went. And, and mind you, I did say that I was really sick when I was playing, like, the Necromancer and stuff like that. And, and you know... So anyway, it starts with Sanctuary is in awe of your beta achievements. You slayed the Diablo 4 open beta gen, and we've got the stats to prove it. Sanctuary extends its deepest gratitude to you for committing over 43 hours to completing 43 story quests and slaying 8,675 monsters during testing. The local denizens greatly appreciate the sacrifices made to keep them safe, earning you 674 down while in the fractured peaks. This may be a time of great pain for Sanctuary, but you still made impressive gains and collected 137,563 gold while adventuring. Whether locating missing villagers or tracking down Lilith's unruly worshippers, little excuse was needed to send you underground to conquer four dungeons. I guess I only did four with that one. I think I did more in the uh, previous beta. Protecting an entire realm is no walk in the dark, however. You kept the necromancers in business by dying 120 times, which is exactly what I did in this open beta. I was sick, you know? Your feats in Sanctuary are something to celebrate. Just make sure to do so far away from those villagers who might try to drug and dismember you this time. That's, if you were in this, you know exactly what that's about. Continue reading all about our learnings from the open beta by heading over to the Diablo 4 blog for a recap. And then there's uh, hellish community highlights. Wanderers from all over the world worked together to conquer the challenges of the Diablo 4 open beta. But the villains of Sanctuary also had their share of wins. With 61 million hours played, here are some of the community's accomplishments from the largest beta in Diablo history. Monsters vanquished 29 billion. Total quests completed 244,611,075. Players butchered, and there's like, it looks like the butcher with a knife through his head, like top to bottom coming out of his chin. Uh, that one is 1,727,973. Player deaths by Ashava, 10,163,397. And then at the bottom, it does have the picture of a barbarian that has a wolf puppy on their back. If you got to level 20 in either beta, then uh, you get the, the wolf pack puppy is my understanding. I made it to 23 in the, the first beta and the second one. I don't remember how far I got in that one, actually. So this, if you haven't purchased the game yet... Purchase Diablo 4 and claim your beta wolf pack at launch. You can do that. Uh, purchase Diablo 4 now to ensure your new cuddly wolf pup has a home to call its own when Diablo 4 launches on June 6. Upgrade your purchase of Diablo 4 to the Digital Deluxe or Ultimate Edition to descend upon Sanctuary up to four days before Diablo 4 launches. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, I had a lot of deaths. I think I did better in the first beta because I was, I don't know, I spent a lot of time in there. IGN has an article and it is titled Diablo 4 Blizzard is making a ton of changes based on player feedback. I think I read most of that to you, but there's a little bit in here that's probably not in the other thing. It looks like they quoted quite a bit from the other thing there. Um, so that's a lot. 
Uh, there's little pieces in here about, you know, different classes, and they focused, IGN focused on the druid, the necromancer, and the rogue, who all seem to have changes made to them, but I know that the thing I skimmed over had all the classes, and you can check those out. IGN has a little, it's kind of a poll. Which Diablo 4 class will you choose on June 6th? And here's the order. Barbarian, sorcerer, rogue, necromancer, druid. I'm definitely going to play a barbarian to start with. Maybe I'll do the necromancer after that. Eventually, I'll probably be like how I play Diablo 3, where I have like one of everything and, you know, that kind of thing. Um, they were talking about the sorcerer in this one and a better quality of life. I'll read you this part. Blizzard is making further quality of life changes alongside fixing a ton of known issues in Diablo 4, like the butcher boss becoming unresponsive. A lot of these changes are coming to the game user's interface as Blizzard is shifting things around to allow for a better experience. This starts with the chat box now being displayed on the left side of the screen when using the centered action bar configuration. I'm wondering if this is uh, speaking more to people who are playing on PCs, you know? Because when I played on the Xbox, it was like the chat bar was in the center and had a wheel you had to mess with and all that. So I, I don't know. Um, a character's stats will also now be displayed by default when players click the materials and stats button within their inventory, while the move and interact inputs can now be mapped to one button, while the primary attack input is mapped to a secondary button. Finally, the text is being changed to a new serif font. Blizzard will discuss these changes on April 20, which I already told you about. Um, so if you want to check that out, you got to do it on April 20. Wowhead has another article posted four days ago titled Diablo 2 Resurrected and Diablo 3 on sale now during Battle.net Spring Sale. There's also, um, there's the Spring Sale. I mean, really, it's got other games in it, but I just kind of focus on the Diablo stuff for the most part. So if you don't have these things, or if someone in your life doesn't have these things, and you'd like them to have these things, here's what's going on. So Diablo 2 Resurrected is on sale for $13.19. The Diablo Prime Evil Collection is $19.79. Um, there's all three of the Diablo 4 boxes of different prices, of course. And you get different loot depending on which one you picked. Diablo 3 is $9.99 right now. And Diablo 3 Reaper of Souls is also $9.99 right now. It requires, of course, the Diablo 3 expansion. Or you can get the Diablo 3 Battle Chest that has both of those for $19.98. There's the Rise of the Necromancer. If you don't have that, go get it. It's really fun. In my opinion, it's $9.99. There is the Diablo 3 Eternal Collection, which gives you the Diablo 3 game, base game, the Reaper of Souls one, and the Necromancer pack for $29.49. And then there's Diablo Mortal, which is free to play in open beta on PC. So there's there's those things. If you want to look at other games, they're there. You can scroll through, and like I said, everything will be in the show notes when I'm uh, when I'm done with this show. I'll put it all together. There's a person named Durkle on uh, Twitter who made this amazing drawing of Lilith. Everybody's drawing Lilith. We're all obsessed with Lilith, apparently. And um, so Durkle wrote uh, Lilith, and then put two little eye emojis and a flame been a hot minute since I've done some Diablo art and has like commissions open and all of this stuff and that's definitely Lilith it's not quite the Lilith statue it's close um, so this Lilith has a very red background a lot of the horns you saw in either of the betas wings that are not quite fully unfolded and holding that skull you know and there's some like gold 
pieces to her outfit and things like that. And it's really neat. I love that people are doing this and putting this online, especially so that I can share it with all of you who may not see it uh, directly or may not be on Twitter, you know, that kind of stuff. So that's, it's a really cool drawing. And um, there is a link on here. This is Instagram.com. It's Durkle so that you know who the artist is. Hopefully no one steals this art and cuts that off because that would be mean uh, and just terrible thing to do once an artist posts something. And that's um, pretty much it for this episode. I think it was a little shorter than normal, but I'm never sure until I listen to it or, you know, kind of check on it later. So with that, I will be closing the show. You have been listening to episode 406 of the Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo community podcast. Missed an episode? You can find the show blog and listen to the show archives at www.shatteredstone.com. Come join us in game. Our in-game community and clan, both named Shattered Soulstone, are open to anyone who would like to join. You can also join us on Discord for the ultimate team and community-based experience. Find the Discord invitation link on our Twitter and Facebook page as well as the Shattered Soulstone website. Thank you for listening. <laughs>